This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Hello, world. Welcome in to Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning. And football, NFL at least, is in the rearview mirror. But a new girlfriend is in town, and they call her the XFL. And she looked mighty, mighty beautiful yesterday in the opening act, the first date. Before we get to that, let me introduce you to my partner and grind the statistician at Josh Jordan 975 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's up, Jerry? XFL. NFL in the rearview mirror. I'm I'm sad. We gotta wait till September for the NFL to be back. But you know what? XFL actually that was a nice little substitute teacher yesterday. I, I quite enjoyed myself. Whoa. That's how we're starting the show, huh? I watched the show with my pants off. (laughs) Whoa. And now that we got that out the way, welcome into Moneyline once again. 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open. It's going to work a little different this week because... Uh, the I guess the last month it's been it's been intense with the playoffs in the NFL going and then the lead up to the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl prop bet extravaganza, everything as such. But now we're left to talk about what happens after the dust settles, what happened for the books as in general over the year. We'll talk about how gamblers did, how they did exactly just in that game, but how they did overall. In the season, how did the books do? How did the new books on the East Coast do? Books that are getting used to the legalization of gambling. Did they make as much money as Vegas? Because that's another aspect I want to get into throughout the show because it's going to let you know, man, it's not that easy just to legalize gambling in a certain state and think that they're going to be able to do it as Vegas does it. Before we get to that, though, the man behind the glass, the guy rocking it every single Sunday with us from 10 to noon, keeping us in line at Carlson Radios, where you can find him on Twitter. Andrew! Good morning, guys. How fun was that yesterday? It was it was fantastic, I'm, honestly. And I'm not going to sit here and try to fluff any feathers because it's just like how the AAF was and people were trying to make it something it wasn't and, and or just because the we're we're the flagship station for the ex uh, for the Roughnecks. I'm not trying to do any of that. I just literally uh, from the get go. I wanted. I watched the beginning of the first game. And I said, you know what? This is this is football. What did you guys think? Like it was football. No, I, I agree. I thought I thought it was pretty entertaining to tell you the truth. And there were a few guys that you know we recognized with Sammy Coates being there. It was funny. I said to my wife like. When he dropped a pass, I'm like, oh, Sammy Coates doing what got him out of the NFL early Same in this thing game. I said. <laughs> Same thing I said. But overall, though. He made some plays, though, after that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, overall, though, what are your finishing thoughts from the first two games? And we have two more on the plate today. We'll get into the gambling aspect on that because I think there might be uh, ways to take advantage of the market that there's no concrete ground on it right now. Everything, the, the baseline that they're setting is what is. I think it's perfect for Houston, like, 
you know, P.J. Walker has a little Deshaun Watson to his game. You know, he can move around a little bit. And, of course, I compare him because, I mean, it's Houston. That's who we're used to seeing is Deshaun Watson. He's got a little bit of that mobility. He made some nice throws on the move yesterday, some nice touchdown passes. And, you know, the whole thing, I watched this at a sports bar because I wanted to get a gauge of, like, how many people are watching this? How many people care? And you know what? There was Longhorn basketball on. There was some other stuff. Most of the people were watching the Roughnecks, and they were into it. And you know what? I think a big part of the reason why people are into it, they hate Bill O'Brien. This is another Houston football team they can root for. Well, they don't have to look at his face and have hatred and contempt. And then they have an exciting quarterback and, and some receivers that you've actually heard of that are talented. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was a you know a, a good football. It moved along pretty quickly. So you know I was feeling it, and a lot of the fans were cheering, and people were asking questions in the sports bar, like why is there more football? What is this? What's going on? And and a lot of people actually knew and were kind of explaining to the other people like, hey, this is this is what it is. It's the XFL and they were into it. So so far so good. I was there and the feel from the crowd was fantastic. It was and I just you could tell the XFL tried to give it a little bit of different feel. The music was vibing uh, the way they did it. And it was awesome to see our station involved in so much from the beginning where all of a sudden, you know, Raheels pops up on the on the big screen. Yeah. And to be honest, I mean, it might sound square, but I was, it makes you so proud. You know what I mean? Because you're like, oh, that's my guy, you know. And yep. then I look over and then I see Bobby Beats walking around with roughneck gear. He's part of the organization working in him. Jose Partida. So it's pretty cool. It's, it makes you proud to see that everyone and you know, I'm over here listening to the game. I left. I had to leave a little early to get to Booker's wrestling match. I, I'm over here thinking, oh, that's Andrew back in the station. This is weird hearing Granado call in the game. It's yeah. just it's weird, right? Because, you know, I started here. I would run games and, and it was just like we'd run other other network stuff. And now it's kind of weird. What, what was it like for you, man? It, it was fun, man. Um, it was an experience that I haven't had before, because like you said, when we run other games, we're not the source of the broadcast, you know. This time, if anyone else picks up that broadcast, we're the source of it, you know. And it, it was like producing a show, but for a game. And it was a whole lot of fun, man. It was. I, what I loved was some of the television coverage. I don't know if – did y'all see the D.C.-Seattle uh, game at all yesterday? Like, they had a little trouble early on. <laughs> like, they're going on – you know, they, they have all these reporters that are, like, on the field talking to the guys, and you could tell they'd never done this before. And this girl's interviewing Cardale Jones, and she's, like, asking him questions, and he's trying to warm up and throw, and, and then he starts answering her questions, and nobody's holding a microphone up to his face, and he's just sitting there talking, and you just see his mouth moving and you don't hear anything and then you can tell somebody in her ear is like put the microphone up to his face and then she finally puts the microphone up to his face and then he stops talking like so there were a couple little things they're gonna have to work out all this you know up front you know up close coverage that they do on the sidelines you could tell they were they were getting used to it uh, learning how a microphone works was part of getting used to it like yeah we're not going to be able to hear him just talking so i thought that was pretty funny and they had a couple of those moments in that game it feels like the the roughnecks broadcast went a little more smooth so i think they're going to get better as they go along and it will it's going to be a lot of trial and error because Getting these, the way they're doing the player interviews, sometimes, like, for example, Raheel got one for the guy that scored the first ever touchdown, and it was weird because the teams took the field, the offense and defense, but they pulled him aside, 
And he's talking about, they even put the replay up. So Raheel's like, hey, man, how does it feel to score the first touchdown in Roughnecks history? And he's talking about, yeah, it feels good. But the other guys are sitting there waiting. The opposing defense has to hear this. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And then they're like, all right, get back to the game. It's a real quick interview. So he puts his helmet back to and <laughs> runs back out there. It's, it's a different aspect, but I love it. I love what the television broadcast does. It's, it's a little bit different. It's going to get... It's going to take some getting used to some of these rules, the two minutes, inside the two minutes, everything. It's just a little bit. But, yeah. again, it's football. I think eventually they'll get it right. I think that they're, uh, the first game for the Roughnecks, as far as attendance, I, what it was a little bit over 17,000. Okay? That was the first question I had. What would the tailgate being like? Check mark to the plus on both. Now that the hype is real, you know, people are coming back Monday to work and they're going to be like, man, I was at the rough next game. You ain't going to believe it, blah, blah, blah. And then he's so now I expect the next game to maybe even have more people. I've already had two friends of mine reach out to me and say, hey, I'm going to be getting tickets. Is there any way you can help me get tickets to the next game? It's people are already talking about it. I love it. I love it. And they only had the, you know, the lower bowl on one side and then on the other side, it went all the way up and, and it got packed. I mean, at first it was kind of scattered before, you know, it, it was packed. I mean, unfortunately the wave got going. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Or they intended, uh, they tried to, because uh, it stopped right behind the goal lines. It was just shifting back and forth. But like I said, it felt, it felt like a game, but you have that Texans fan, that negative guy sitting behind me and, first few drives one of them the the roughnecks ran it on third down early in the game for whatever reason and then they end up putting they're like i didn't come here to see texans ball uh-huh. blah 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 so i turn around and he looks at me like what like what <laughs> he's not wrong yeah and i just kind of turn around like man it's too early for this yeah like let's let's and then you have yeah let's talk about different fans that that you see at these new games because you have fan that's talking mess on on the other sports team in town that guy. Then you had fan that's over the top, and she must have had a son, husband, somebody on there because every play she's like, "Come on, defense!" Whenever in the first <laughs> half that they were driving some, but she was—I mean, I'm talking about every play. Every, and to everyone's just looking at her like, "Wow!" She's like, "Come on, defense! We can't let them keep driving. They drove on us last time. We're not moving the ball." Maybe she just had a G on the the roughnecks to cover. Hey, that might be as well. And, and she's feeling good right now. She's listening to her. Don't hate on me. Hate on these checks because I cashed them. But, again, though, it's good to see that we had a little bit of everything. Then you had the one guy that just makes fun of last names from the opposite team, Smallwood. He's like, Smallwood, that's a terrible last name to have, man. And then they high-five each other. You had a little bit of everything. But, again, it felt like a football game. It really did. And uh, I'm just glad. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see what it goes happens going forward. And, again, I'm no cheerleader. I've never been one of these guys like, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, we spoke about it, laughed about it. We, even, we did. Even when a guy lost his helmet. <laughs> we, we did. And, and that was a big hit. And there were some big hits in this game. Am I the only one? Have you seen the movie The Replacements with Keanu Reeves? <laughs> Don't their uniforms look exactly like that? Um, you know what I mean? Like Clifford Franklin and like it does. <laughs> Sammy Coates. And, you know, I'm just like, man, if only they had Keanu Reeves out there. But you know what? They had a better quarterback than Keanu Reeves because that was that was a pretty impressive was it, Falco? performance. Yeah, Falco. Footsteps Falco. Hey, put some respect <laughs> on that, man. Yeah. Put some respect on Falco and put some respect on this show. It's a little bit different, but we always make it easy. Like a Sunday morning. I'm going to try to drop a bet every two segments, maybe a little more. I'm opening it up today, and you XFL heads will have some bets. We'll talk a little bit of Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, the opening odds for next year, who's the favorite 
who's not, who's in, who's out. But I hope you stay with us here on Monday Line ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. All we wanted was our opportunity. Just play. Lord knows. Your worst nightmare. It's my first night here. And this girl right here, who knows what she knows. So I'm going through a phone. If she go to the You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN975.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. The phone lines are open. 713-780-3776. If you want to talk anything that happened over the weekend, XFL, maybe last weekend, the Super Bowl, if any of your props, and we'll get into one of the worst bad beats of all time for Super Bowl props, if you have anything to get off your chest from that game, 713-780-3776, or hit us up on Moneyline975 on Twitter. And also, you can text us at that same number. If you don't feel like talking to us on a Sunday morning, you're a little hungover from uh, celebrating the first ever Roughnecks win. But going forward, and again, just to move from XFL to the NFL and talk about last week, do you expect this? Because for the AAF, it stayed hot for like, a week or two, remember, and and then it kind of started fading off. But DraftKings had, I mean, they got a they have a ten dollar contest today, fifty thousand for first place, and that's on the XFL. So they're guaranteeing this pot because they know that there's an interest. They do, and what I thought was pretty cool is. You know, they have the, the total and the line on the graphics on the broadcast, which is pretty cool. And they even talk about, you know, if they're going to get to the total or, or cover or not. And, and getting fantasy football in it, they know that's a big part of the success of the NFL. So they're smart to, to be involved with them. And I just wanted to kind of get a feeling for who's starting on these teams before I dive in. But I got a good feel for that yesterday. A feel is exactly what the theme is for the books this week because they don't they don't even know where these games are going. So what they did, they put out filler, let's call it over-unders, totals, and they set them like at 40-42, all the games. Just like, let's see who bites. Well, everyone bid on the late game today in the Dallas game because they figure it's going to be a Stoops-type offense right. that it's going to throw it downfield. That game got hammered to 52 and a half. Wow. You're talking about a line moving 12 and a half points. So right here, you got to be careful because the over-unders, okay, whatever they started at, they both hit yesterday, but then what they closed at, one of them didn't. So you got to be careful looking for value right now because three, seven, six and a half, the two and a half, those numbers are out the window. Yes. Those numbers are completely out of the window. We have to start over at, I don't know, where these teams are going to start using the three or the 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 three pointer more often? Are they, I, I would guess maybe in later game situations. Obviously, the, yeah. the percentage of you getting it is much less. But how do you handicap that? It's extremely hard to handicap it. Whenever you're thinking, okay, this is at max a two possession game, although it's 15, but they would have mm-hmm. to get the two point conversion on the second. But in this game, you could start making out so many different 
theories on the way this game goes, and it's scary, and again, these new rules. So be careful, but again, you can take advantage of the market right now because the books don't even know. Now, all of a sudden, they have to raise these these lines 10 points. There's a guy out there right now with over under 42 ticket right now in today's game just thinking, wow, I beat the line by 10 points. Yeah, this is the time where, you know, being a little crafty can pay some big dividends, but at the same time, you know it's risky, so you don't want to go all in either because you know it can backfire what didn't backfire i think we should hit on a little bit we had a really good really good week betting on the super bowl uh we we had the chiefs that one obviously came through a little scary early on a little yeah super i I i'm not gonna lie at one point or another i said you know what and nothing against my homes i just said this is the way it was supposed to play out. Remember when we left the show Sunday and I told you everything that, that we've put out on the table after this Super Bowl special of a show that we did, I said, I don't know what. It's going to be like how I handicapped the Texans against the Bills. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't. I can't tell you a, a, a theory with all the numbers I threw you. I'm not trying to give you a cliche handicap. But some way, somehow, Mahomes will pull this out. Same way that I couldn't tell you how the Bills were going to end up losing to the Texans because everything told you the Bills had the right ingredients, just like San Francisco had everything to neutralize. But at the end of the day, Mahomes, and I hate to be that a plastic cliche guy just saying, man, after all the numbers you throw out, you're just going to say Mahomes just because, yeah, I don't know what else to say, and that's the way it happened. And, I mean, what happens if they don't get that third down play? You know, that, that long play. What happens if if you really look at and, and now that there's tape breakdown, he he knew that he was struggling with the the traditional three steps or four steps that he likes to take. Sometimes the way he does his reads, he does like two, two and a half, and then he starts going through progressions. So he doesn't take the traditional. He said, man, I was taking six steppers. Like, I, I made sure on that play, and if you look at it, he went back four, then he kept going back and back to make sure that he had time. And that's how he made that play happen. Right after that play, though, you could have got Kansas City still in the plus, like, 280 range. And you felt right after that play, like, oh, my gosh, here we go. Here, comes. here we come. And it happened that way. It did. And there were a few things, like – the Kittle offensive pass interference that negated that huge explosive play down the field. That worked out for the Chiefs later in the game. Careful, Jermaine's listening, Saints fan, and he posted <laughs> it too. And he's like, how's this not a penalty uh-huh. and this isn't? That's another thing we got to get right, NFL, because that one was a, a game ender. Yeah, I mean, that that changed a lot. There were a lot of interesting things. We had the Damian Williams to score a touchdown. Because he'd already had four in the postseason up until this game. So we were on that one because he kept killing me on the rushing yards props. I was like, screw this. Let's just bet on him to score. That paid off. Uh, The use check touchdown score, we called that one. The under one and a half uh, longest touchdown or shortest touchdown. Yep. The mic stand for uh, Demi Lovato. I I didn't have the over under. She went way short. She went way short. She was trying to get up out of there. She was. You got to be careful with that. Um, we're going to have to start looking at trends with these singers. How long have they been out of work? Uh, when was their last performance? Yeah. Does she just want to get up out of here and say, hey, let me not mess up? No, or- it wasn't even close. I put my – I had my – my stopwatch going on my phone. I was like, I'm going to get this. I read the rules. It starts right when she says the first word. And then when she's, you know, done singing, that's when it stops. And you're right, man. She, I think she had almost like 10 seconds under is how far she went. It was the longest because that towards the end, you hold hope. You're like, yeah. all right, all right. You're looking at the people watching the game. Like, here it comes. Watch this. She's uh-huh. about to hold this note. Watch this. And then you're like, no, she has three notes on this last. And then you just watch the TV and you're thinking, 
Yeah, okay. she's not holding it 10 more let's seconds. Let's get to the coin toss. You're like, let's yeah. get to the coin toss. I'm a degenerate. Man, my, 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 uh, you know, my daughter, she, she, she knows about watching games with me. She lives with me, you know, like sure. she knows. She's like, my son, he's like, who's the good guys and bad guys? That's his way of knowing <laughs> who we're on. And she's just like, heads or tails, what are we doing? Here? Yeah. Like, like, what if, what are we come to? What have we come to? She's like looking at me disappointed. I'm just thinking, man. This is bad. Yeah, just the way she's looking. Well, she should be proud of the actual game bets because that takes a little bit of insight and in studying the opponents. Coin toss, you know, pure luck. But the big thing I was on with the Chiefs winning this game was we talked about it last week. Mahomes has put up at least 30 points in every playoff game he's ever played in. And we talked about it. Like, do you think the 49ers can score 30 points? So I went with no. That's why I went with the Chiefs. I'm, and it was scary early. But Mahomes, once that fourth quarter, he got going and they started putting up crazy points. What's amazing to me is how much they won by and how much they were trailing in the fourth quarter. You know, they didn't just come back and win. They came back and convincingly won. That was the story of the playoffs. Yeah. So they were down by double digits in every game and won by doubles. Yeah. So that, um, I don't know if that will ever happen again. Oh. That's That's tough. Not that it can happen again, but how many teams actually get in that predicament where if you get down double digits in a playoff game, much less win by double digits, but win, period. It's tough to come back against. And and I'm telling you, it's easy to think now in the days that everyone gambles – a lot of guys out there thought that they were doing excellent handicapping by the real simple handicap of if they run the ball, San Francisco going to keep the ball away from Kansas City, which, don't get me wrong, they did at points, but – Shanahan, and we got to talk about that. He got away from the run once again, but you think they don't need certain offenses. We talked about that their bottom five in time in in, in uh, time of possession, but a top three team in points per play right. are the Kansas City Chiefs. So what does that tell you? That they don't need many plays. That they don't need to have the ball. Oh, Derrick Henry's going to run it down their throat. Well, okay, Derrick Henry, give him the ball. He didn't even hit 100. Yeah. Give him the ball just because he did it against the Patriots. The Patriots are a different monster because that offense wasn't going to be able to move the ball quickly. So, yeah, a six-minute drive will hurt them. But when you know that you have to score, like you said, 30 points to beat Mahomes in the eight career playoff losses, not just losses, eight, six of them, the teams needed at least 29 points to beat Mahomes. So just using that, theory with the theory with, with the exact point of he scored 30 points in all the playoff games then you knew Shanahan knows these numbers if old degenerate little Jerry over here knows these numbers you think Shanahan doesn't have a playbook of what Mahomes is he knows and he had to have thought in his head I can run this ball but I can uh, 23 points isn't going to beat this team 24 points and that's what happened he ended up getting away from the run for whatever reason that was getting five yards to carry yeah. And then he puts it on Jimmy G, which you saw what happened there. And ultimately, that's what proved to be the difference. Momentum. Again, momentum switched that game at the end. You saw one one quarterback be shelled. You saw that pass. That was all the momentum they needed. They didn't have anything going before there. And that's all they needed. No, you're right. Who do you put that more on, Shanahan or, or Garoppolo at the end of that game? It's it's if If it was Shanahan's first time, then I'd say, you know him, but yeah. it's his, uh, or Garoppolo, but it's Shanahan's second time, yeah. And the ghost 
I mean, just like how we say that that ball gets heavy in a player's hands or, or the free throws tougher in a late-game situation, that play call, your throat gets a little bit drier, you start getting panicky, you start mm-hmm. you start thinking back to, to old things. And he should have thought back where, man, if I run this ball against the Patriots when I was in Atlanta, I've set myself up for a field goal, and I opened this score up to potentially win the game there instead of taking a sack to get me out of field goal range. And in this game, they went away from the run, which, don't get me wrong, at one point or another, Jimmy G was going to have to make – if that's the play – if that's the – if you're scared to open it up to, to your quarterback, then I'm sorry, but then you need to be thinking bigger plans because yeah. this is a Shanahan-led offense. It's real, it's real simple to say, man, just keep running it. And, yeah, I say that, yeah, it is on him because they should have kept running it because they were having success and the Chiefs weren't. It wasn't a shootout-type game. But to be a Shanahan quarterback – you have to be able to be trusted. And if you can't trust your quarterback in a big situation, but you're paying him excess of, what, $20 million? Yeah. He's getting paid big bucks. You're going to tell me that you can't trust your quarterback? What are we talking about here? And uh, you just can't live like that. Yes, they are a running team. Yes, but they are also a team that runs off of schemes and makes it easy. These misdirections, these play actions that have worked all season long for Jimmy G, when it mattered, it didn't. Does he need? Yeah, it falls on him as well. But they got to think of what's going forward. We're going to talk about that because they're going to be low on cap. The Chiefs got to make decisions. What happens with Mahomes? Where's Tom Brady going? Are you hearing these rumors? We're going to get to that. Tom Brady, rumors, bets, winners. Next, Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Play your part. This is Money Live on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. What I like about you. Welcome back to Money Line. Welcome back to Money Line on ESPN 97.5. The phone lines are open. 713-780-3776. This song always makes me feel like I'm at the ball game. Yeah. Like, I just want to eat popcorn and do the wave. <laughs> let's do it. Let's go. The XFL's here. But let's get back to the rumors that we spoke about. And let's pay off that because where Brady lands this year is going to have big implications on a few things. And Super Bowl odds are out. Before we get into exactly what those are, you, you said you heard some rumors from the Dallas organization? Michael Irvin saying that some very important people, or significant people, I should say, are saying that the Cowboys may pursue Tom Brady in free agency, which that leads you to believe he's talking about Jerry, right? Or at least somebody in the Cowboys organization. But then he's come back and walked it back a little bit, saying that the people that were significant that he was talking about was was not anyone with the Dallas Cowboys franchise, which leads me to believe that they didn't want that out there, so they asked him to to walk it back. I mean, he didn't take his him and his uncle's conversation. Right. And my uncle said, 
And this, that's not what happened. There's you overheard maybe a little something or maybe it's a little wishful thinking because at this point, the 49ers are even getting thrown into yeah. this conversation. And we just spoke about Jimmy G's, I guess, lack thereof, performance, whatever you want to say, the play calling, however you want to put it. A lot falls on Jimmy G and people are saying for what he makes and for what Brady can bring. Would that make sense? It would. Look, I mean, look, I still think Tom can play. A, a lot of people have, you know, made it look like he, he's fallen off quickly and, you know, last year he was terrible. But if you look at his numbers last year, they weren't that bad. They weren't really out of line with his career numbers. I, I just don't really feel like he had a lot of good weapons. So I think a big part of where he goes is there's got to be some receivers that can help him out. You know, I, look, I think Tom's still good, but I don't think he's quite, you know, what he was. So he needs a little more help around him. He needs... Boy, I mean, San Francisco, he needs a good tight end. Check. There's one there. Imagine Brady throwing to Kittle. It'd be sick. And the problem is, though, we've always used the phrase Brady a system guy, or do we not know that? Is he a Belichick system type of guy? We don't know. So wherever he goes, does the system go with him? Does he bring – and I know you can't just bring the whole system because you have to bring coordinators or not, but sure. is Brady going to say, hey, this is the way I like to do things because at this age – it's going to be hard for him to change his stripes and say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm open to running it this way. He's going to say, whatever organization, you you got to take Tom Brady in for what you've seen work right. and say, okay, so what – it's weird because if you're if you're a offensive coordinator at whatever team he goes to, it's kind of a learning process with him. you got to learn from him as well because you're trying to take in whatever he's picked up along the way in those Belichick years and, and McDaniel years, whatever. You know what sure. I mean? It's, it's a tricky thing because – how much of Brady can you change at this point? He's going to bring his system at one point or another where he knows, but Shanahan, he's not going to change his ways. No, I think it, it depends on the team, right? If he if he would go play for Shanahan, I think Brady would have a little more trust that, hey, this is one of the best play callers in the game. I'm just going to go with the flow. This, you know, this system made Matt Schaub look like a Pro Bowl quarterback. You know, imagine what Tom Brady could do in it. You know, I mean, Matt Ryan was the MVP of the league with this system when Shanahan was it in works. Atlanta. Yeah, it works. So I think Brady would have a little more trust with, with an offense like that, but somebody with less credibility, you know, Brady's probably not going to want to do that as much. But what's interesting is how this impacts the Patriots because free agency, right? Free agents are going to want to know if Tom Brady's going to be the quarterback if they decide if they want to go play there. And what's interesting also is if Brady doesn't resign before free agency, $13.5 million of his dead money will hit the cap on March 18th for the Patriots. So, you know, look for the start of free agency to be telling about what's ultimately going to happen. But I think Brady will be back with the Patriots. It seems like Robert Kraft wants him back. I think Belichick is kind of like, eh, if you're my best option, okay. But Robert Kraft is saying that he's not going to tell Belichick you have to do it one way or the other. He's going to, unlike with the Garoppolo situation, I think Robert Kraft's going to let Belichick make this decision. If you go back in time, whenever Garoppolo was traded, you heard rumblings that there was a little bit of a dispute with Kraft and Belichick because Belichick loved Garoppolo. Right. And not to say that this would be the deal, but if it was a straight-up trade, do you think Belichick would be like, man, I have I get more time with Garoppolo. That would be hilarious. Brady's, and I'm not saying that would happen. And just saying, would he take that if he could? Because 
you get a, a, a lengthier career. Sure. Brady's more on his way out. But on the San Francisco side, Shanahan might be thinking, if I would have had Brady, we would have won that game. I would have had my Super Bowl. Clearly. And imagine how bad Garoppolo would be throwing to Julian Edelman and a, a, a bunch of nobodies. Or does he become a system guy under Belichick, under that system, and then a system like Shanahan that requires a quarterback to be good, to to be smart, to make reads. And maybe that didn't fit him. Maybe that's not Garoppolo. Maybe Garoppolo needs it more simplified. Uh, hey, I just need to drive this this auto. It's on autopilot, and I need to make sure that this thing's got oil. No, and that makes sense. But I will say that the key to this is the run game. Like that's why Brady wasn't that great this year. You know, Sony Michelle, they did not run the ball this year like they have in years past. So they didn't have that balance. That's the one thing you have in San Francisco is they're going to be able to run the football. And it goes to point out how good that defense was of the Patriots and they slowly fell off and I think that they fell off not only because of opponents also as they got a little bit tougher towards the end of the year but because their offense wasn't moving the ball to where their defense was having to get right back out there. Right. So it, it's frustrating for a defense like that. Yeah. And, and older Patriot teams have passed. They were able to get in between the, the sticks, move the ball on third down. They get another first down, and, man, your defense can't get off the field. By the time they move seven minutes off the clock and score a touchdown, then you come back out and you make your stop. But this year it was different. They were relying heavily – on that defense, they, they, that defense was scoring many of points, making teams down 14 points, and then they could just run the ball in. And it, like I said, they had to manage things. It wasn't the Patriots of old. It just what happens with the Patriots going forward? Does Again, does Tom take that system with him? As far as Las Vegas odds, Las Vegas Raiders lead the way as far as being the favorites at plus 300 to get Tom Brady in that jersey. Los Angeles Chargers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Carolina Panthers, they're your Dallas Cowboys sitting at 9-1 to that Brady would be on the Cowboys, followed by the Colts, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Saints, which at the Saints, it leads me to what happens to one Drew Brees. No, that's a good point. We still don't know what's going to happen with Drew Brees. If I had to guess, I think he'll be back. But that's what's kind of great for Tom. This is a great time for him to be able to – explore some things because there's a lot of teams looking around for a quarterback. I don't know if you saw the report that the chargers are having talks with the Panthers about Cam Newton. So, yeah, I know. Right. But you know, they're, you know, they're in LA. They want to make a splash, you know, have a a quarterback come in. That's known, but you got to make sure he's healthy. If I was a quarterback, I'd like to be there. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good spot. They have weapons. The the football that day and age allow having a tight end like Hunter Henry he's a free agent though they you don't think they'll keep him that I'm sure they'll try but that's what a lot of people are talking about maybe the Patriots because Gordon's go, gone yeah Gordon he's a free agent as well Eckler's got to get paid Eckler's he has a, a year left so but they may extend him I think they will I think you're right but that's what's interesting is Austin Hooper and Hunter Henry are free agents and those are two big tight ends yes. and you know what a tight end can do for football now and age it helps. 
every aspect of your game, starting at the quarterback position, taking the having, if you have one of these big tight ends where safety has to come up and help, right. helping your wide receivers or having that extra type of quick release for your quarterback to use it as a quick check down type of play, a little bit of everything having, of, and you saw what it did for the Texans when they when Fells was getting yeah. touchdowns. It, it can work. You need a tight end and to have Hooper out there, he'll, he's going to be a steal. He is, and their rumor is, is that he may go to Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers needs a tight end. Aaron Rodgers needs a little of everything. He though. does. Lafleur worked with Hooper back in the day, and he's the coach now of the Packers. So that makes a lot of sense. Hunter Henry, he's going to be. A lot of people are going to want him, and I'm also hearing that Greg Olson is now finally free, and that he could end up in, in New England. Because and that would make sense. Like if I'm Brady, I would be happy about that, but. Olsen's been hurt so much. He's an older player. Yeah. You can't count on him. And bring in, get rid of Gronkowski getting hurt towards the end. Right. Bring in another one. Now, all these rumors that we're talking about. So then, I don't know if this is a rumor or this. the Patriots throw this out as saying, hey, we're still here and we're going to give you some bread. But they said that there's rumors coming out that the Patriots are willing to throw excess of $30 million a year at Brady. Right. Saying, we want you. You've paid your debts here. Uh, we know you've played at a team-friendly contract to get us these titles and okay we don't want you to leave now what if they do that what's more important at this time Brady knowing that man it's gonna be tough to win here he knows what he has in that locker room how frustrated did you see Brady this year like it was a different frustrated he was having to teach these guys almost how to play football but it's not that because these guys they can play football but playing patriot football we've seen other great uh, receivers, the Ocho Cinco's of the world, go there and not be able to make it. It's right. you have to play a certain type of way. It's a certain different system. You have to be football smart. You really do because it, it. You can't just be an athlete and get out there and think that you can just run, throw it to me in that offense. No, you have to be football smart. You have to be a part of that product of a whole. But again, Brady, he's taking team discounts for a long time. He needs to get paid now. He wants to. But I think winning, for him to go out there, I don't think him going to the Dolphins and they throw him $50 million, or and I'm just saying, throwing out numbers, that wouldn't tickle him. Him is about winning at this point. Yes. He's got money. That's why he's been able to take the discount. People say, well, why can't Dak? Well, we're going to get into Dak a little bit in the next segment because it's different. If you have that wife that makes a lot of money, if you lead in endorsements, if your jersey sells, you can make money on the other sides other than where Dak is. And we're going to get into Dak's possible contract or what the Cowboys can do with him next here on Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. I'll see them for a week or so Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline on a, I guess, beautiful Sunday, but it's a little empty in my stomach, and we're going to try to put some filling in it with some bets in this segment here. I'm going to give you NCAA hoops bet, 
And in the next one, I'll drop you a European soccer bet for all you guys out there that are like, man, you're going from football to football? It's like, no, we're going from cash to dollars. It's the same thing. If you told me there was a, a frog race out there and, and there was an angle on one frog stayed up late last night, then I'm betting the opposite guy. You know what I mean? It's just that's just what it is. It's an angle. Uh, I'm a, unfortunately a degenerate gambler by heart. Once uh, the first step is admitting it, I'm admitting it. So now I'm going to settle the problem. The problem is winning. So let's win some bets. Let's talk about, I talk about winners and losers. And we've been hot on here. Man, yesterday I gave out a bet on Twitter. And let's talk about real quick, just Northridge. We were up, I, it was minus three, right? We're up by seven with minute 58 seconds left. I'm at the games, so I can't really watch it. I come back to, and we won by two. So I lose the spread oh. by three, and I told everybody to hammer it. So if you're listening out there and you jumped on it with me, my bad, y'all. But, I mean, come on. That's, again, basketball, though. Football, I tell people my, my, my range of bets is a little bit bigger. I'm, I'm willing to bet a little bit bigger. That it's smaller sample sizes. It's smaller seasons. It's easier to handicap. Basketball, man, it's tough. Once you get to that free throw competition at the end of the game, yeah. foul me. It's a six-point game. And then, okay, now it's an eight-point game. Now you got to – okay, if they miss this three-pointer, it's dead. It's game over because it's a – you know, it's it's X amount of possessions. Uh, but if they make this, now it's a five-point game again. Now they're going to go out there and foul again because it's a two-point possession, and it's just like, please, like, just stop. So be careful when you bet basketball, but I'll have something on this segment. Now let's go over to Twitter. We have a – few guys mr ups man let's give him a shout out here he says speaking of the replacements and there's a post that said in the xfl you can throw up before the one point play and no one flinches <laughs> and the receiver throws up maybe uh maybe the nerves got to him maybe a little bit of henny the night before but my man threw up and yeah they, they, the, replacements, <laughs> the replacements that's exactly what you're remembering <laughs> Man, <laughs> he's literally lining up in the slot and throwing up on the ground right before the play goes. And they're in the the replacements uniforms pretty much. And remember that scene from the movie where the guy throws up in the huddle and they all have to move the huddle to get away from the puke. So, I mean, it it, it all comes together. You can't make this stuff up. It was meant to be. Is it meant to be? And we get this question from Lamont that eventually Brady, would he? Play with a, or for a coach that is younger than him, that's an aspect that you got to think as well because, wow. yeah, like I said, whatever system he comes to, no matter what coordinator you are, there's going to be Brady, his session as well. Like, this is what I see. And as a coordinator, you have to be curious to see how he's going to see it as well. So, all right, give there's the stage is yours, Tom. And Tom might get up there and steal the rest of the practice. And he might steal the rest of the quarterback room. And who's going to take him off there when he's saying, no, this is really what I saw here. And you got an offensive coordinator and whatever, let's say the the Raiders. And you think he, that Raiders offense coordinator is going to say, man, no, we're going to run it this way. You're going to listen to Brady. So when you think of these young, I mean, 32-year-old Sean McVay, it's amazing that he's that young. And, you know, Josh McDaniels is 43. So I think he's still a little older than Brady. But – I mean, that's in the ballpark. So, but man, Brady's been playing for so long that, you know, it's amazing to think he would have a younger coach, but it could happen. And I mean, Shanahan, you got to respect that guy. And, you know, Sean McVay, you're going to respect him too. So it's crazy to think it could happen. But yeah, as long as the guy's a proven offensive quality mind and coach, I'm sure Brady, you know, 
He'd be down. He he just wants to. He's at the point, like you said, he's not going to the Dolphins. He wants to go somewhere where he has a, a chance to win another ring. And I think that it's not exactly money. The Patriots could come out there and say, "Hey, we're going to throw this," but he wants to see a plan. Like, yeah, yeah, you could throw me thirty five million, but what's going to change for this roster? Well, like, what are we going doing forward? Here's why, right? He's taken you know these lower paychecks for years in an effort to have more money under the salary cap to pay other guys. And a lot of time, Belichick isn't even spending that money. They're just holding on to it. They're not going out and getting expensive free agents. Because they're the kings of trading out of the first round and stacking up these picks in the second. And that's if you can make it work that way, then then so be it. But when you have time, when Brady was young, when we're talking about 18, 15 years ago, (laughs) you know— you have time. You can do that, and he, and he knew that there was an ultimate plan. Right. But now we're going on, not two years because they won last year, obviously. But it wasn't all shines the whole season. Remember, there was a lot of 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 going back and forth. They got blown out by Tennessee. Remember, and then things started changing. But we've seen it slowly and surely. They they even had to play with the we're the underdogs narrative last yeah. year to give them some more hype. And what if the Chiefs don't jump off sides? I don't know if we're even saying. I mean, he would for sure be gone now after this year. But we saw what they are this year. We saw. There's no lying to it. That's who they are. And not to say that it's Brady. I think it's more of a system thing now. And it's saying, man, that defense was good, and we didn't even have an offense enough to be able to keep them off the field enough towards the end of the year. They got tired. It just didn't work out. They knew they had a problem. That's why they went and got Josh Gordon. That's why they went and got Antonio Brown. They knew they needed – some playmakers on offense, those moves just didn't work. They draft Nikhil Harry, hard to count on a rookie receiver, man, especially in that system where, you know, so many things change depending on what the coverage is. You know, Brady has to be able to trust you. And so it's basically you take away Edelman and White, and what do they have? It, that's why the Patriots, they got slowed down this year, and they weren't able to run the ball, which they play in a cold-weather city. you got to be able to run the ball in December and in, in January if, if you're going to win up there, and they, they just couldn't do it. How much wishful thinking do they have that they've tried to fill that, I guess, Randy Moss void? Yeah. They, so many times with that receiver that, please, just, again, and we go back to how how anxious, how how they need somebody that they went and got Antonio Brown. Desperate, desperate. we can use. Do we, let's use the word desperate because – for the Patriots to take a chance on a guy like that, that was desperate. But they need that receiver on the outside knowing that, man, we don't even have Gronk this year. And what are we going to do? Edelman's this type of receiver. We need someone that can stretch the field. Let's bring in. Hopefully Gordon could get it right. Man, Gordon just panning out. What can we do? Nikhil Harry. Oh, man, it's just tough. Again, he's a young receiver to come up in that system yep. and a system that many receivers haven't been able to work. It's tough. Now, we let's transition to another quarterback. Dak Prescott, he's going to be in the same predicament as far as money. $33 million per year, new money in September. They said that he turned down. It's cr- that's top five quarterback money, and he turned it down. Now, we say September. If you put all those chips back on the table now, do you think he changes his thoughts? No, because he had arguably his best season. Yeah, he did. And we knew that, you know, from fantasy football, we knew he put up big numbers. He had a big year. But, I mean, how much did it really impact their winning? And they still need to pay Amari Cooper. They got some guys on defense that they need to extend as well. So they have to be careful. But I don't know. if I'm. I think what Dak wants is Russell Wilson money. And it's it's hard for me if I'm Jerry Jones – 
you know, sorry, Dak, you know, Russell Wilson has been to two Super Bowls. And, and, and he don't one. have Russell Wilson hair. Have you seen <laughs> Russell Wilson's hair lately? It's like baby Lionel Richie. <laughs> he looks like Prince. Yeah, it's like a mixture of a few things. Fabio, like, it's just, I'm like, what is he doing? But again, he doesn't have the hair or the Super Bowl rings. And that <laughs> Wilson was able to do it on the rookie contract. Right. Which is so big, which is why you... It led you to believe that the Legion of Boom was going to be around for a lot longer. And you saw slowly, surely, a lot of those guys had to go. They got to get paid. Lynch went his own way. It's just you have to do it. If you can do it on your rookie contract, it's excellent. That's the time to do it. And that's Patrick Mahomes was able to do it on his rookie deal. That's why the Chiefs were able to go get Frank Clark and, and make a, you know. The Texans won a division, uh, <laughs> divisional banner. Yes. Texans, again, on, again. A, on a rookie contract. You love it. And and that's the thing. I was going to bring that back to the Texans. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. But that's why the Chiefs were able to pay the Honey Badger all that money because, you know, Mahomes is on that rookie deal, Frank Clark. Now they're going to extend Mahomes. It'll get a little more tricky. And, and to your Texans point, that's why they need to do this sooner than later because Deshaun and Tunsil are about to get paid a ton of money. Cunningham, they need to get something done with him. And I don't know where it's going to come from. You know, and – they don't have enough draft picks, at least, you know, they don't have any first-round picks the next two years to get some inexpensive talent. It's They're going to have to do a lot of this through free agency, and there's not a lot of wiggle room. And O'Brien is the guy calling the shots here. He's the one that gave Whitney Merciless $50 million. And I think they're going to let DJ Reader walk. So, I mean, this is GM O'Brien, like, Boy, he picked a really tough time to be the GM. He's got some really tough decisions. It's tough decisions being on that side. And like I said, the Cowboys, they better be careful what they do with Dak because depending on what type of franchise tag they put on them, it's going to depend on how if they put that exclusive or non-exclusive. They could put on the non-exclusive, but then it leaves it in jeopardy of what's going to happen with them. Let, let me bring this up. I just thought of this. I would normally say don't do the exclusive. If somebody wants to come and give you all those draft picks, take it. But I think Jerry is so old now that he doesn't feel like he's going to live long enough to watch this thing rebuild and watch having to develop a quarterback over years. I'm, I'm worried that he wants to see this happen before he's he's gone. So it makes me think that he may put the exclusive on Dak because he doesn't have time to wait for another quarterback. And the difference in that would be, check this out, if not matched on the non-exclusive, the Cowboys would, if, if would receive two first-round picks. But... Over the three years, they'd still only pay about $35.35 million. If they do the exclusive, it would go to 33.4 in 2020, 40 in 2021, and $57 million in 2022. Over those three years, they would end up paying them 43 to have it on the exclusive. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Yourself off this is ESPN 975.